Okay, let's do it. Okay. Well, welcome to the Acoustic You podcast, guys. For those of you that are new and joining me, I am your host, Cheyenne Williams, and today we have a special guest. And I am actually going to let her introduce herself because she is just absolutely amazing and I couldn't even do it justice. So go ahead and take the floor, Sharita. All right. Well, my name is Sharita Niles. I am affectionately known as the Business Challenge Assassin. Um, And what I am is a creative strategist. So I help small businesses get to the next level. That's the simple way of putting it. Um, I create strategies using my creativity because I focus on creativity a lot, Um, but using different ways out out of the box methods to help small businesses accelerate. And we do that through um, connecting you with the right people. So building authentic relationships. I call them extraordinary relationships because I feel like being connected to people is an extraordinary thing. We were made to be connected. So when you make a um, connection, it is extraordinary. And you should treat it as that way because uh, there's a saying that says your network equals your net worth. And I truly believe in that. Um, That is how you build your business. That is how you accelerate your business. That is how you accelerate your profits. So for all of those people that are looking for the secret to getting more customers and making more money, it's who you're connected to. That's what matters the most. But as a person, I am a mother of four. Um, My oldest is 25. Don't tell anyone because a lot of times I say I'm only 33. Um, I'm kidding. I'm proud to be in the 40 club. Um, This is the best years of my life so it's great um my youngest will actually be 16 in three days i will have a 16 year old Um, i also have a 19 year old and a 23 year old so all boys one girl Um, so i'm a mompreneur i have been a mompreneur since i've had a child (laughs) i've been an entrepreneur my entire life as long as i can remember I've been an entrepreneur. Once I realized what an entrepreneur is, I can say that I've been that. I have always looked for ways to make my own money, be in charge of my own time. Um, I never really fit in the working market. Now, when I say fit, I had great jobs. I was, you know, I was able to afford great experiences. I've had some great opportunities but I can never stay for an extensive amount of time because there was always something in me that said, I need to be working for myself. There's something that you have to offer. And a lot of times um, it, my talents and skills cause me problems in jobs. So when I recognize that, oh, I'm a little too much for this, then I need to come up with my own thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It took a little bit of time to get to that. You know, that's why I'm excited about being on this podcast, because this is like everything that I say to people when I'm helping them with their business. I'm like, you have to show up as the person that you are. Your individual personality is what draws people to you. You may not draw the masses. And you're not supposed to. We're not assigned to do that. There's a certain amount of people. There's there's a certain personality that is drawn to us and that's who we are assigned to and we have to give them 1000% everything that we have and that means showing up as you not being somebody else not taking on what the next business coach you know told you to do not regurgitating information I mean yes learn your skill master your craft but then put your own I say with your own little swag on it because that's what you are looking for I love that I love that. And you're right. Like I always say, people are not duplicatable, like stop trying to duplicate people. Right. And the one thing I loved is like, I relate with you so much about the job force because that was my thing. It wasn't so much that I was too much. It was like, I always had to be like 10 steps ahead of people. And when you're 10 steps ahead of your supervisor, boss, whoever is like, you start crashing heads and it's like, stop caring too much and stop doing this and stay in your lane. And I'm like, I'm not meant to stay in my lane. Like I'm supposed to like take what I'm handed to and like make it above and beyond. Like that's who I'm here for. And yeah. And once I realized like I would be sitting at jobs, good paying jobs, jobs that I think were my dream jobs. And I'd be like, man, I am so meant for more than staying in this cubicle. 
right? Yep. Or like, I'd be like, oh, this is a good like building block. But what if I take this and do something else? And like, that's where a lot of like, my businesses came from is like, okay, I went to school for counseling. I love mental health, but mm, don't really agree with the mental health guidelines. So let me become a coach, right? There's like free range in that. Right. But it's like, oh, I work for probation. I love the transitional housing, but there's a lot of great areas in the system. I'm going to create my own. Like, it's like a lot of those things. Yeah. And yeah. I always say like the same thing as you, like be your own person. We're energetic forces. Our body is literally a ball of energy and you attract matching energy. So if you're faking it to try to fit into society, one, that is exhausting. And I don't know how you do it, but like two, like you're not really attracting your authentic tribe. And so it's like, if you want people who are going to lift you up and really match you and accept you for like your genuineness, you kind of have to show up genuine and you have to show up real and raw. And like those people are going to like attract to you. And so I absolutely love that you stated that. And I guess like the only question I have for you is like, what, like, when did you have that aha moment where you're like, this is not me, this is not aligning with what I want to do. And like, what gave you that strength or courage to like, take it to that next step? Because not a lot of people want to be entrepreneurs or mompreneurs, but then they use their kids as that crutch. It was like, it's not, it's not stable. I need the benefits. I need this. I need that. That all comes with that typical nine to five job. And so what was that turning point for you or that mindset shift for you where you were like, you know what, like I need to do this for my kids, but also for myself and like being real in that way. Um, to be honest, I can't tell you the moment that I really decided to continue being an entrepreneur as a mom. Cause like I said, it's always been in me. Even when I had jobs, I always had a side hustle and my dream my dreams were always, how is this side hustle going to sustain me so that I stop going into clocking in? Because for me, with the job thing, so it wasn't, it was a lot. I was a lot, you know, exactly what you said. I would get into situations where, you know, I have a lot of skill and I have a lot of knowledge and some of it is natural. Some of it is, you know, through trainings and I've been under so many, you know, influential people and I'm like a sponge. You teach me something, mm -hmm. I'm not going to forget it. And then I'm going to take yeah. it and turn it into something even more. So I'm like, you know, the story of the talents, like I'm not bringing you back the same amount of talents that you gave me. I'm bringing you back more. It is going to be a return on investment. And I would have supervisors and managers that would be offended sometimes by me trying to help people. So the same thing I would hear you care too much, stop caring too much. And I'm like, that's my personality. I can't not yeah. care. But more than anything, I would say, um, because I didn't come from simple beginnings or an easy background struggling was something that was a part of my life so I didn't know what it was like to not struggle so to get to a point to say you know what I need to be more than anything in in control of my time I could probably say it really hit me hard when my youngest child at age one, he was in a car accident with my mother. Uh, my mother had a car accident and all of my kids were in the car, but my one-year-old was the one that was injured the worst. Um, and in that he suffered like a skull injury that was around his eye. He had to have several surgeries. Um, and it meant that I had to take off a lot of work. So I had exhausted my FMLA. And I was at the point where I was like fighting my job to, well, actually I hadn't exhausted my FMLA. I had exhausted my PTO time. I didn't even know what FMLA was because I also wasn't a person that ever took off work unless it was something to do with my kids. Yeah. Um, so when I exhausted that time, they were giving me a hard time just to find out from a union rep, oh, you have something that covers you because your son is sick. He's ill. You know, you have to take care of him. And that was the point when I just said, you know what? These jobs are not for me. Like, yes, I'm going to work to sustain my family, but I'm going to put more effort into what it is that I'm doing over. I'm going to do just enough to get their paycheck but I'm going to put my energy into mine. And there were some times when I had to like walk away from jobs because if it was between me 
working for them and taking care of my children, that's not an option for me. I'm going to take care of my children. I'm going to be available to them. My son's not going to have a surgery and someone else is there for him. So I can sit in your cube or I can greet your, I'm going to treat your customers better than what I treat my child. That's, that doesn't make sense to me. So I'm not against yeah. people who work. I feel like there are some people in this world that were meant to work for someone else. I was just not one of those people. So I would always say I was a great employee, but I was a great worker, but a horrible employee because I couldn't, I couldn't put myself in a position to imagine retiring from a company that I work hard for. And I only get a sliver of what, of the money that I bring to them. Like I never had that dream, even graduating high school. I never had a dream of retiring from a, a job or even working a job that I was going to in 30, 40 years retire from. I never saw that. Even when my friends would say, oh, this is a job I could retire from. And I was like, yeah, I don't have that thought process. And I think a lot of that came from my beginnings because my grandmother was very influential in raising me. Um, I spent a lot of time with her and she was an entrepreneur. Now she, she did work a job. She worked a job for over 30 years, but she retired and started a business and she was already running another business before that. So for me, I feel like it was always there like you don't have to work for other people you create something out of what you have and I just and honestly both of my grandmothers I had another grandmother my other grandmother on my father's side she did the same thing she stopped working for a family um, she had been taking care of their child and then she opened her own child care center so I was influenced by all and I have several aunts like so many people have businesses yeah. it's almost like it's just meant for me to have a business because that's what yeah. I wanted to do anyway. So the influence was there. Um, the turning point for me more than anything was when I relocated from St. Louis, Missouri to Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, prior to that, I still held on to a lot of fear for stepping out full time. So I would do my business on a part-time basis. I'd work for other people. And I was always trying to figure out like, how do I make this work? How do I get this to go full swing? And honestly, it wasn't that I couldn't make it go full swing because I had so many opportunities to work with so many great people um, in so many industries where people were hiring me to do stuff. But I just didn't have the courage to say, okay, this is going to be full time and this is what I'm going to do until I worked the job that passed me over twice for a um, promotion for a position that I was really already knowing, but they didn't want to give me the title and they didn't want to give me the money. So long story short, I just said, you know what, that's it. Like I'm full, yeah. I'm going full throttle. So everything that I did from that point was just a step towards me going full time. So it still took me, that was in 2017 that I relocated. Um, that was in 2018 when I got passed up twice. So by 2019, when 2019 started, I just looked at my journal recently and it said, I will not accept what I have accepted in the past. I have the ability to do everything that I set my mind to. And I was just like, man, that was profound. Did I write that? <laughs> <And> <laughs> but I, I realized that writing that and everything that I wrote after that, I honestly made those things happen. I transitioned to another position that paid me more money and it paid me enough money that I could finance my business as well as take care of my family. And that lasted for a short time. And then another opportunity came through and I was like, wait a minute, this is more money. Okay, this is what we're doing. So I always kept that goal. Like you're not there to stay. You're there to just do what you need to do to get the money so that you can finance my dream, my honest, yeah. honestly, my dream. So because I kept that thought process, I feel like that's what got me to where it is that I needed to be because I kept the focus that I'm not here to retire. I'm not here to even give you 100% of what I have to give. I'm going to give you enough to equal the pay that you give me. Now the pay was better than before, but still they weren't paying me what I felt like I was worth. And yeah. I I scaled back a lot of efforts. You know, I even talked to friends and one of my very best friends said, 
stop giving people your 100% because they're they're not going to pay you for your 100%. You save that for when you start your own thing. And I was like, she is right. Yes, I am giving people too much. I'm giving them way too much of me. And 2020 came and I had two teenagers and I was like, there is no way that I am leaving them in the house every day and expecting them to do e-learning by themselves while I sit in a cube and because we were and weren't able, I was a community worker. I wasn't able to go in a community. So I was really just sitting at a cube and I really yeah. couldn't do my job from a cube. So eventually it just got to the point where I just resigned and I have been full-time self-employed since July of 2020. And it's been a that. awesome ride. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. I love your story. Like our stories are so similar, which is so crazy, but I just, I don't, I'm obsessed with it because you pinpoint so many great points. Like one, you're not going to get paid your true worth. And it's like, you're absolutely a hundred percent. Like they will, you have to fight for a raise and they may give you 25 cents. Like, you know, they are not going to pay you for your worth. And so many jobs, you sign up for one position and then, you know, you kind of reflect the whole entire year and you're like, okay, this is out of my job description. Like, right. Where, where did this come from? This is the position I applied for. And it's like, do they pay you for the extra stuff? No. But if you tell them, no, I'm sticking to my job description. It's like this whole thing. And it's like, people don't realize that. But then also people are like, you know, the stability. And it's like, mm, we saw that in the last two years that like even J-O-Bs aren't really stable. And so it's like, for me, I've realized that. And like during the last two years, that's when I kind of had my aha moment as well. And in July, 2020, that's when I became like full-time also is because of the fact that I was working at home doing community service but not being able to go in the community but we were stationed at home rather than having to go to the office and my fiance like he lost his job he was one of the employees that they didn't seem as the essential workers and it was one of those things where it's like okay I have my side hustle that I really want to be my full-time job like I need to work this but I need to figure out how to give this my 100% and not give this my 100% right And I kind of did you, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do enough that matches my pay they're giving me. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to put all my effort into this because it's an effort based business. And I'm going to actually get the return for my 100% effort. And when I realized that, and when I kind of had that light bulb switch, I kind of, I always say I caught the bigger vision Mm -hmm. and just ran with it. And, you know, now here we are today. And so it's like, such a beautiful thing because also like being an entrepreneur it's more than just the income right and like obviously like our jobs it's impactful like what we do help people help change people's lives like it's way more than just the buck we're getting right and also being an entrepreneur you have to grow yourself like your business is not going to grow if you don't personally grow and so I don't know about you but like for me the last two years of like really building my business I have personally built myself up to become, you know, the person you're talking to today. And I honestly tell myself that like, if I would have never decided to build my business, like I probably would have still been in that nine to five, like routine and like just being stuck and limited and just feeling like this is my life. It is what it is. And it's like, I'm so glad that like, I kind of caught that vision and now I get to help others do the same and it's like come on like we are all worth so much more like we should not have someone dictate how much we are worth we should not I always say like make a life like we should like create a life that we're actually living rather than just living paycheck to paycheck and living for the weekend like as humans we deserve more than two days off right like we should be able to create our own schedule and create a life that we can actually live rather than live a life that we're just making by sitting in this thing we call a career and letting that dictate when we have vacations, when we can drink water, when we can eat lunch and like all of these things that come with that. And so I love that you brought that up. And I also like would love for you to touch on like when you did decide to take that step and become a full-time entrepreneur, what was that like 
Because for me, like, it was very hard now that I had all that time freedom to be like, what am I going to do with this time, right? Because sometimes being an entrepreneur doesn't mean working a full eight-hour day. Sometimes it means, like, working a little bit here, working a little bit here, taking your business on the go wherever you are, depending on what you're doing. And so sometimes people, when they make that switch of not having that routine, they get lost in the freedom. And so what was your way or your routine or your mindset shift when you finally had all that freedom to kind of keep you on track so that you're not getting caught in the freedom? So for me, I would say when I, the last job that I worked, I was very adamant about asserting how I was going to work that position and the things that I was going to do. So the great thing about that is I had leverage. When I started that job, I already had a job. So I didn't have to take their job. So even when I went into the interview, I pretty much laid on the table, here's the job that you told me what you want me to do. Here's who I am. This is how I work best. These are the things that I need to be able to do in order to successfully do your job. Some of those things were, I need to have freedom to work the way that I work. And I promise you that I will meet your demands and I will meet your deadlines. That's what I have to say. And they still hired me. And honestly, I did that as like a, it was, it was a, a definite courage thing for me because I had never yeah. done that. I had never had that opportunity, but something in me was just like, we're not going into this the way that we've gone into things before. If we're going to work this job, because we already know there's a purpose for us working this position. And it was a community position. So in the job description, it really wasn't required for me to sit at a cube. Yes, I had a cube assigned to me, but I can't be a community developer or a community builder if I'm sitting at your cube. I have to be yeah. in the community. So for me, it was different because I worked on a grant. It was for a nonprofit and I worked on a grant and my counterparts, all of the people who were part of this grant from other organizations, they didn't really start their days to like 11 o'clock in the afternoon. So there wasn't a lot I could do early mornings, which worked for me because I didn't like early mornings. Usually 11 o'clock is when my zing comes and I'm like this great bubbly outgoing person. So I was like, this works. So it really is. I would say it's crazy, but it's not crazy. It is in alignment. And that's how I knew that I was in the right place at the right time. And as things unfolded, um, I knew that the alignment was right. So when July came and um, we had been on remote working for a little bit, what happened is exactly what you said. My job description changed. So because I couldn't do the same type of community work, they were throwing all of these other things on top of me. And because we were at home, it was like, oh, we can give you so much more because you have so much time. No, I still have the same eight hours that I gave you before. That's all I'm willing to give. So it really was the frustration because I was caught between going into a depression and trying to stay, you know, stable for the sake of myself, for the sake of my family, yeah. because also we were in something that we had never experienced before. So the mindset yeah. was no one could help. No one could tell you what was going to happen. You know, even though people were out there saying things, it's like, no one knows. So here yeah. I am like, okay, but I know what I do know for sure. I know who I am. I know what I'm capable of. I know what I believe. I know where my strength comes from. So this is where I'm going to lean into more. And in me doing that, you know, I did some praying um, and I had a dream. And the dream pretty much confirmed. I mean, I literally saw myself asking, is this what you want me to do? And the answer was like, yes, without a doubt, to the point that it scared the life out of me. And it took me a few days and I was just like, okay, is this really what you want me to do? So I'm talking to a friend and she's like, well, what happened? And I'm telling her the dream. And she's like, well, I don't really see how you can doubt any of that. Like that's so, yeah. and I was like, I just, and I remember shaking while I was telling her. And I was like, wait a minute, if it's having that effect on me, this has yeah. got to be real. So, you know, I took a day or two and I still thought it over. And I was like, nope, this is what you do all the time. You overthink it. You're not overthinking it. You know this. Like, if nothing else, because like I said, I haven't come from, um, 
you know, the greatest background and I've struggled, but in my struggles, like God has always taken care of me. So I was just like, I just got to, this is just about to be a faith walk. I was like, you packed up and went to a whole different state where you knew no one, you had no family and you have been great. Why would this be any different? And I got up like two days later, I wrote my letter of resignation. I set a date for when I was going to send it to them. I finished off an important project because I wanted to leave on a high note. I did not want to leave you know, and make it negative. And even my resignation letter just said, you know, I said that I needed the ability to be myself, the freedom of creativity. And I don't feel like that now I have that opportunity. So I need to move on to something else. And I sent that to them. And all this time, I'm like, okay, I'll just work five gig jobs. If that's what I need to do to support the family until this business gets rolling, because I did have some clients that were coming in at the time and some things that were bringing in money. But, you know, sometimes it goes that way. And then the moment you let go of something is like zero, everything's cricket. Yeah. I was like, it's okay. like uh, what happened? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, how do I prepare for the crickets? You know, I'm always like study war in the time of peace. So now I'm not, I haven't quit yet, but let me figure some things out. Let me lay some things out. And I did. And two weeks to the date that I left, like everything just fell into place. I didn't even have to work the five gigs. I had clients. I My finances were at a point that they were, had never been in my life. Just, you know, things just started to rain in and I was like, okay, this is exactly mm-hmm. what I was supposed to do. And the, the beauty of it is even when things got a little bit difficult, because of course we were in a pandemic and things started to change. I had, it gave me the opportunity to do exactly what you said, to grow. Because yes, I was doing this as a side hustle, but that is a very different thing when you're doing it full time. So I understood and I was able to adapt to, you know, having the freedom and the time because that's what I had dreamed about anyway. And it had started with this position because I had a lot more freedom and I was, you know, I was, I was able to self-manage, but it was my mentality that I had to really work on is like, no, you know, even saying things like, no, I'm a business owner, not, oh, I have this little side thing, or I do this on the side. It's no big deal. I had to change the way that I spoke about it. Um, I had to really assert myself as no, I am a CEO of this company. And even if I'm a CEO of one, I have to put myself out there as if I have a team. So I always speak in we, even though I only have an intern and my daughter, you know, I make my kids work sometimes. (laughs) I still speak in terms of we, because I speak based on what it is that I expect to have. So it was an adjustment. Yes. But I feel like it was growth in that. So there were some things that, you know, and a few times along the way, people said things like, no, no, no. No, you are, you know, I'd say, well, I'm, I'm hoping to be, or, you know, how we like kind of, you know, dwindle ourselves down. And I had a few people in my circle that were like, no, no, you are. And then people were referring me to other people. And then these people that I'm looking up to are like, you are freaking awesome. And I'm like, what me? Like you, <laughs> and they're like, do you understand the skill that you have? And I'm like, yeah, no, I have skill, but you know, I haven't been. And they're just like, no, no, no. So even in that, even though I was confident and I was the person that was building confidence in so many other people, I got to see myself in reality that I didn't have mm-hmm. the level of confidence that I was trying to make other people have. So that helped me not only to develop a different sense of confidence, but also reminded me of the people that I'm helping and why they feel the way that they feel and the things that they have to overcome, which is what got me into, you know, this bigger thing of working with people on using fear as a tool. So that's, that's something that I teach people is like, how to use fear as a tool instead of trying to hide from fear or, oh, fear, you know, I had a conversation with someone recently and they were like, no, fear doesn't exist. And I was like, that's not true. Fear definitely exists. Every human person experiences fear. Even animals experience yeah. fear. Like fear is not only is it natural, it's common. 
but it's real. Mm-hmm. So yes. I don't like when people tell, you know, try to convince you that your fear is not real. Just like happiness is real. Just like sadness is real. Fear is a real feeling, but fear doesn't have to hold the power. So that's yeah. what I help people to understand is like, you can have fear and use that fear as a tool to get you to what it is that you want. And I, and that's what I did. I took all of those things and it, it was not easy. So anyone is listening and thinks that, oh, she just woke up one day and no, no. there were some tears. <laughs> there were some times when I felt like when I put the cover back over my head, it was like, not today. And I tell clients all the time. And like in my Facebook group, there's a bunch of people and I, um, I'm always like very transparent with them. I'm like, listen, how many times did you guys quit this week? Because I've quit like several times. I will quit at 7 p.m. and then come the next day at 10 a.m. I'm right back at it because it's ingrained in me. I can try to quit. There was one time I I quit for 24 hours. I was just like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not responding. I'm done with this business. And yeah. Here we are. Oh, I love that. And it's so good because yes, fear is real. Like there's two types of fears. So there's innate fear, which is like genetically already inside of us, like survival human instinct. And then there's learned fear, which is like the things that we're taught to fear, like the stove or spiders or like all of that stuff. Right. And so I absolutely love that because I'm the same way. Like I teach my clients or even like the consultants I have on my network marketing team. Like I tell them like, stop letting fear take the driver's seat. Like they should be put in the trunk, like hidden behind all the extra clothing and shoes we have in there and like not let them take control. Cause I'm like, use fear as motivation. Like I always say like fear is false evidence that appears to be real. And like, that's what I keep telling myself. I'm like, what are you afraid of? Like, is it real? Is it necessary? Is it realistic? Like, no, no, no. Okay, great. Like, let's move on. Right. And it's like one of those things where people are like, no, I'm so terrified of public speaking. Okay. Why? Like no one's close your eyes talk like it doesn't matter right and it's like you can do public speaking because we were strangers at once and we're friends and like now there's just more people right or it's like just little things like oh I can't pick up the phone to call someone I'm scared they're gonna say no like okay and by you not doing that you're guaranteeing failure right and so it's like I always look at it like that like if you're so afraid of doing something that you don't do it like that negative thing that you're so afraid of is going to become reality because you're not doing it there's a 50-50% chance. And so what if it does work? What if you can do it? What if, you know, you are capable of doing whatever you're afraid of? Like, what if you can? And I think we're just so designed to focus on the negativity that sometimes we have to be like learning how to be optimistic. Like I was talking to one of my clients the other day about learned helplessness and about how we like literally are con- like conditioned to be or have like this hopeless feeling of like, we can't do things based off of our childhood, our parenting uh, styles, like whatever we experienced in our childhood between the ages of zero to seven months, that's how it really impacts our personality. And I was like, what if the fact that you were learned to be hopeless and helpless, like what if you can learn and teach yourself how to be optimistic? Mm -hmm. Like all of the negative thoughts you have, like, you're aware of them because you're telling me what they are. So why don't you're like, okay, I hear you. I'm not listening to you. You know what? I'm a badass. I am capable. Like I am this and like replace that with the positivity. I was like, if you do that for a little bit, like you're going to rewire your brain. And like, that's ultimately what personal growth is. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm changing. Everyone's mad that I'm changing. And I'm like, no, you're not changing. You're unlearning and unbecoming all of the things that made you who you are today. Like, are you happy with this person? No. If you continue to be this person, is your life going to look different in the next five years? No. Okay. Like, why don't we change so that your life can look different and can be happier and can be positive and actually love yourself. And so I think you just like literally nailed it because it's like emotions. I always say like emotions are predictions, like emotions could be learned too. Right. So it's like, obviously we crack we're happy we're mad like all of those are built inside of us but it all looks different 
based off each person. Like the way I perceive happy may be different from the way you perceive happy. And like the same way with fear and anger and things like that. And so it's like, yes, emotions are real, but they're also predictions. And so it's like, if you look at someone and they're like, oh, they're confident. No, that's the way you perceive it, but they can actually be like super scared and you wouldn't even know. And they're just smiling, but it's actually like a nervous smile. Right. And so I always say like, never judge a book by its cover, but like also do that for yourself and like do some self-reflection. Like, am I really scared? What am I scared of? What am I happy about? What am I nervous of? And like really dive into what those emotions mean and like almost question yourself. Like, is this just an expectation that I've created or is this like my reality? And I really feel this way. Yeah. I, I tell people, I challenge people to, um, find the hero inside themselves because we all, you know, everybody can relate to a superhero. And um, in the ebook that I recently released, there is a part where it says you see heroes on TV, you know, on movies, like I'm a Marvel fan. So I always use Marvel as an, as an example, not affiliated. They're not paying me. They should be, but (laughs) um, when you look at superheroes, there is a reason that they have human attributes. And I feel like that hero um, movies, books, those are all ways of telling you that there is something great inside of you without saying this is about you. So if you think about hero movies or like when we watch movies on TV and there's a hero there, they have human attributes. They experience emotion. They, even if they are, you know, mutants or whatever, they still experience human attributes, human things that you can relate to as a human, which is telling you that, yes, they have a power that you can identify visually, but you have a power that's inside of you that only you can identify and that you have control over. And that is knowing that, for one thing, emotions are not always fact. Like we make them what we want them to be. Emotions change more than the weather each day. Like, I know that if you are a woman, you can have 2,000 emotions in a day. Like, we base our lives on how we feel. We have to base our lives on who we are. And if you don't know who that is, like, that's where the problem comes. You're dictated by your emotions Mm -hmm. when you don't know who you are. So for me, you know, I'm an introvert. People don't ever believe that I'm an introvert, that I'm shy, but I was very introverted when I was young. I was very shy. I still have those tendencies, but I use that as power for me now. And there's a method that I use for that. And please understand, sometimes it gets way overwhelming, but I'm just like, hey, you know what? You don't have the power. I have the power. So here's what we're going to do. But, you know, I find things to do about it. You know, I was very introverted. I'm an overthinker. Just like I said, I was overthinking, you know, the dream I had, even though it was very clear and concise. It's real simple to do that. But I really feel like all of those things are rooted in fear because we've been told you can't, you don't, you shouldn't. You know, that's scary. And I always think about young children, like they don't have that level of fear until we tell them that. So like you said, you have to reprogram yourself. No, I'm not afraid of this. Even if you feel afraid, you tell yourself, no, I'm not afraid of this. This is what I'm going to do. A great example is you saying, you know, if the person doesn't pick up the phone and call, then you've already failed. You're just counting yourself out as a failure. The truth is that person on the other end of the phone is human, just like you. So if you set yourself in your mind to say, I'm going to make this call with the expectation that they're going to say no, they just might say yes. And guess what? Even if they say no, you educated them, you gave them the information and it may not be no, it may just be not right now. So I tell people that too. I'm like, listen, that doesn't mean necessarily no. Sometimes people need to process the information. We're all human. So just like you have to process information or maybe it's not a good moment. Maybe it's not a good time. But if you don't make the effort, how will you ever know? You're Like you said, it's false evidence appearing real. And the false is you don't know what the result is until you try it. So if you yeah, want to yeah. test something out, let's test that. Let's see what the result is. So then if it is, okay no then you can say oh well one person said no but that doesn't apply to the next person and it also doesn't apply to so the same method can be over and over again yes that person said no okay let's shake that off move on to the next thing 
move on to the next person. That person may not say no. They may say, oh, well, not today, but can you call me next week? Well, wait a minute. That's a step in the right direction. Let's move forward. Go to the next person. So we don't ever know. And I think that has a lot to do with why entrepreneurs, I think that has a lot more to do with entrepreneurs failing than um, just the money or, you know, things like a lot of things, people, I don't have enough clients. A lot of times is you're not willing to test it out long enough. You're not willing to go through it um, to see where it gets you. You're not willing to open up and talk to the right people. You're not willing to show up in the right spaces and speak up. So they don't know who you are. So then who's going to want to do business with you if people can't yeah. see that you're not willing to portray who it is that you really are you're not ready to release the hero what would they think that you're there for and why would they want to do business with you yeah yeah and it goes to like this law of attraction like you are what you attract so if you're having negative energy about how you're gonna fail like you're gonna attract the people who aren't gonna help you succeed and so it's like amazing because it's like you are in control of everything. Like you're right. Oh, you don't have the clientele? Go out and make new clients. Like we live in a world full of billions and trillions of people. Like you can meet people, right? Especially now that like we're finally going back to somewhat normal. Like you can go out and make new friends, make new clients, make new networks and go out and attract somebody. Cause it's like, I always, I think it was Trent Shelton and he said it and I like totally agree with him is because he was like, your family and friends, they're not going to support you. Like those are probably going to be the people that are like, you should stick with the stability. This isn't going to work, this and that. And like, he was like, God's going to put strangers in your path that allow you to help your goal, but you have to be willing to go meet those strangers. And I was like, that just hits home because for my business, it's so true. Like I have so many strangers that are supporting me, but my family and friends, the people who I thought would support me, they're not. And it's like, yeah, like it's true. Like a stranger is going to support you before anyone in your immediate circle is going to. And I think it was even Ed Milet where he was like the most successful people have the most failures. And if you're ever like on social media, which a lot of us are, you know, you kind of catch yourself doing the comparison game where it's like, oh, why, why do they have this lifestyle? Why can't I do it? They make this look easy and things like that. And it's like, okay, yeah, but if you compare their fail pile to your fail pile, like their fail pile is going to be a lot bigger than yours. And it's like, I always say like, there's a book, I forgot who's it's by, but it's called go for no. And it's like, you have to, like, you have to go for the no's, right? You have to go after the things that are going to scare you because all of the failures means you're going to eventually succeed one day. And it's like, I always tell myself like, okay, how many fails can I get today, right? Because if I get so many fails, then I know something's coming, right? And it's like, I always say like, there's a rainbow at the end of the storm. So it's like, sometimes I walk around the house like you where I'm bawling my eyes out, like not today, Satan, not today, like you're not gonna get me. But then there's other days where I'm like all super pumped, ready to go and like just attracting all of the abundance into my life. And then there's other days where I'm like, okay, yesterday was a great day. What is happening today? And then you have to like check. It's like, okay, maybe it's us. Like we're low energy. So we're going to attract low energy. We have no belief today. So we're going to attract people with no belief. And, you know, then you do kind of get into like that depressive, like up and down ebb and flow of your emotions. And I usually tell people like on the days, if you are an entrepreneur, the days where you feel like giving up, Like that's usually your body and your business trying to tell you like there's a disconnect between your mind feelings and the people around you. So like you, you need, like you need to do some reflection and rather than trying to work through the depression or work through that doubt, like take that time to dig deep and to dig in yourself and be like, okay, what can I do different? What can I do right now? What can I do later? Like, how am I feeling? How am I showing up? And like use that time to reground yourself so that you can then change the trajectory of your life. Like you are literally one decision away from changing your whole life. And that could be in a negative or a positive way. So it's like, you kind of have to be intentional with every move and every shape you make because the way you show up is not only the way you show up to your friends and family, but the way you show up to the world. And if you're an entrepreneur, like the world is literally your clientele. 
And so it's like, how are you showing up to them? How are you showing up on your social media? Are you literally a coach that you're like, I'm a mindset coach, I'm a business coach, but yet you're putting tequila shots on your Instagram. Like, how do you show up? (laughs) You know, it's like, you have to walk the walk, but you also have to talk the talk and you have to walk the talk. Like you got to do all of it. And I always tell people like, use your social media as your business card. Like that should be the way that catches people. If you are using social media for friends and family, but then you expect to attract clients through your social media, like there's that disconnect. Like people are going to look at your social media and be like, okay, who is this person? Do I want to work with this person? And you getting drunk Monday through Sunday is not going to attract your ideal client, right? Right. Well, I, I tell people for that is like, you do know you can have more than one account. Okay. So (laughs) do all of that stuff. If that's who you are, do that on a separate account. But some key things that you said is like, you said a lot about failure. And I think our view of failure is so skewed because there is not one successful person. These mega successful people will tell you failures are what gets you there because you don't know what not to do if you don't ever fail. No one comes out of the womb knowing exactly what to do right. Think about it. Babies are born and they learn how to do things. How? By failing at what they're trying to do. You don't learn how to walk by just jumping up and taking off running. No, you have to stand up. You're going to fall on your bottom a little bit. You might tip over. You know, the kids are going to fall off the bed. Sometimes that's how they learn. And we don't stop learning that way. There's something that... At some point in our life, we believe, we learn to believe that, oh, I get to success just automatically. It falls out of the sky and now I know what to do. No, you're going to fail. Failure is natural and it's okay. As a matter of fact, you should, like you said, you're looking at how many times can I fail today? Because every time you fail, you learn something. You learn something new. And every time you learn something new, you strengthen your knowledge and your skill set so that those failures can turn in that aspect, it will turn to a win. So then you don't have to worry about failing at that again. The truth is we rarely fail at something and then do the exact same thing again, unless you're just completely out of your mind, or you're one of those people that like, you're like, I'm not sure if that happened. Maybe that didn't happen. I should try it again. I'm that person. I've done that a few times. Like, I'm not sure if that was the reason. So let me just try it one more time. Okay, you're right. Yep, that's not for me. (laughs) So those things happen and it's okay. Like that is growth. I tell people all the time, you're not growing if you're not failing. If you haven't failed at anything, you can't talk to me about anything. You can't tell me anything. And that's why I tell my clients to be authentic, even in your social media. You can be a mindset coach. You can be a life coach. You can, But even those individuals are human. So show your humanness. Like, hey, guys, today I'm having a very difficult day. I'm trying to keep a smile on my face, but it's difficult. And if you know that your circle of people, like your tribe of people are the ones that support you, guess what they're going to do when they see you say that? They're going to chime in and they're going to build you up and they're going to say all these positive things. And that helps to rejuvenate your own positivity for yourself. Like you don't have to do it by yourself. You have these people around, you're helping them. But the truth is, it's interchangeable. I mean, we're entrepreneurs and we have a skill that we give to people, but those people actually give something to us. My tribe of people encourages me all the time. Like I, and sometimes they don't even know it. It's not because I'm out there saying things. I mean, yes, of course, if I'm having a rough day, I'll be like, hey, it's Monday. How are you guys feeling? Because I am feeling yuck or I'm, <laughs> you know, and as an entrepreneur, Monday really doesn't matter to me, but I still feel it. <laughs> Because Sunday is like the day that I don't do any work. So when Mondays come, I'm like, no, not now. But I'll say like, hey, it's Monday madness. Or some Mondays I get up, I'm like, hey, let's rock this Monday. What are we doing? And you get people to say things. So that's why it's important to have a circle, you know, a personal circle, but also a business circle, a tribe of people that, you know, you can be authentic with and it's okay. And you made mention of like not the whole point of like how you come out with your energy is so important like how you present yourself your energy level is what you're going to get back so if you know that your energy is low I agree you need to go back and first of all get some rest 
because a lot of times our low energy has everything to do with we're not giving our bodies what we're supposed to do now how do you give someone else everything they need but you're not giving you everything you need and that was a very very hard lesson for me in business because I do not subscribe to the hustle culture (laughs) I used to and it almost broke me down so now I'm just like hey you know what I'm not a hustler. I am a person that is here to do the job I'm supposed to do. And you know what? When I'm out of energy and I'm out of, you know, I don't have anything left, then I'm going to go rest. And it's okay for me to rest. And I don't care what people are doing on social media. Now, granted, I'm from a different age group so social media does not move me but there are some people in my age group you know that do you know they do get caught up into that whole culture of like you got to work 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 and this is what you need and I don't care about your fancy cars and all of that stuff because that doesn't prove to me that you actually know what you're doing so I say to those people do not compare yourself to someone else there's a saying that's like don't covet what the other person has because you really don't know the true story like walk your journey walk your path because we all have our own we can be in the same book but we all have different pages that we're putting in this book and don't try to be someone else's you know page don't you know the whole saying your lane yes I cross over lanes a little bit but that's because you know I have that level of skill set but if it's not your if it's not your path don't get in someone else's path just go with your journey focus on you and what it is you're assigned to do. But I think that's the key thing. A lot of times people just don't know what it is they are supposed to be doing or who it is they're, you know, who they really are. They may know what they're supposed to do, but if you don't know who you are, then you don't know how you contribute to that thing that you're supposed to do until you have identified your authentic self. Once you know who you are authentically, no one can shake that. And it's funny, I just had that conversation with my kids today. We were just talking about, um, because they're trying, they're starting a business and I felt like they weren't listening. And I was like, how is it that I'm an entrepreneur and these kids are just not getting it? But today they said some things and I was like, they're listening. Thank God they hear me. (laughs) And my son was just like, I don't care what I have to do. This is what's going to happen. I am going to be this. do this and I I really wanted to run out the room and like cheer and clap but I had to keep my composure <laughs> I was doing too much but, <laughs> but I appreciate that and I, you know I love to see when I've helped someone understand like hey you don't have to be what somebody else is you don't have to yeah. don't worry about what they're doing what is in you what is it that you're supposed to be doing and when I see that start to come out of them that's like that feels so good to me, whether it's someone that's in my community or in the tribe that I've created or even the client, like it makes me feel the same no matter who it is across the board, because I know that's what I was called to do. I was called to help people get to who they really are and then connect yeah. with the right people once you know who you really are. And then you're, you can't lose at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Cause like, for me, I always say like my skill or my superpower is like being able to read people. And it's like, if I go into a room, I can tell you all the different energies that I am feeling and like being able to read people like, Ooh, I like you. Mm, I might need to stay away from you. And it's like, I was telling, cause I go to a hypnotherapist and I was talking to her and I'm like, okay, like if I can't read someone like that is my body telling me to like get away from them because like that's my superpower. And it's like, if I can't read you, there's a problem. And, you know, but I didn't understand that until I became my authentic self. And when I really listened to my body and like, I started to dig into like human design and really learn about like what makes me pick and what, how I respond to things and like how to know if I'm living authentically or in alignment. And if you haven't checked out human design, like it's really dope and I suggest you do it. But it's like, once I started to realize that and like really dive into that and like did like a whole human design reading with somebody. And I realized that like that energetic intuition that I had was actually something that was in my design. And so 
you know, there's other people where it's like, they get like this gut intuition where they can like get that gut feeling and they, you know, feel it in their gut type of thing. But then there's other people where it's like, they might get like a head rush where it's like all these different things. And I was like, Ooh, that makes sense. Like this is in alignment with me. And I started to go back and kind of do self-reflections and like, oh yeah, like I shouldn't have done that because I didn't get that feeling. And then maybe I should have done this because I would have gotten that feeling. And it like makes you understand yourself on a more deeper level. And it's just, again, you have to be in alignment and authentically with yourself though. But how do you get there? So like, for me, I did a lot of like trauma healing. Like I have a very traumatic past and I had to heal it. And for so long, I was like, I'm not ready to open up that can of worms until one day I was like, I just need to do this if I ever want to like propel in life. And, you know, obviously it gets ugly before it gets pretty, but it's like, for me, that's what I had to do. Like that trauma that I was so afraid of, like opening that Pandora box kept holding me back. And so like, what, what like helped you kind of like get into that authenticity where you were like, okay, this is really who I am. And like kind of your journey with that, like, was it, kind of just always been you where you were like okay this is really who I am and I'm sticking with it or were there days where it was like oh maybe I need to work on this one thing in order to propel me whether that's reading journaling or whatever that looks like um again I'm really hard at pinpointing points but I can remember moments when I felt like I was not my authentic self like I knew that I was being someone else because that's what I felt was required in the environment that I was in but I can say I feel like I really came to realize who I was when I had to move because Mm. I moved to a state where I didn't know anyone I had no family Mm -hmm. and I also left my children in St. Louis for the first six months. So I was literally alone. I had no one but me. Um, It was just me in a hotel. And you know, when you're just with yourself, especially when you're a mom, I was a mom very young. So I had my youngest, I mean, my oldest son when I was almost 19. um, And most of my like adult life was being a mother. So I had never really had that much time to be with just me. And I think being with just me and having time to like reflect on how days went and conversations went and who I was. And, you know, you, you know who you are, even when you're trying not to know who you are, even when you're trying not trying someone else there would be moments when I would reflect on things that happen and I'm like you shouldn't have let that person just say that to you or maybe you shouldn't have said that to that person or why are you sharing these things or why do you feel like you have to tell people that or some days I found myself um saying things to be impressive to someone and I was like why do you feel like so it got to a point where being by myself got me to a point of questioning like why are you doing these things? Why do you feel this way? Like, let's get to the root of what this is. And then when my kids did join me, I had gotten so used to having that time to myself that I started scheduling time to be by myself and like really think Mm -hmm. and reflect. And I think in that, then I realized, hey, well, we have some trauma we need to work on. So let's get some assistance for that. And you know, how do you deal with just, just personality things? And like, I, as women, we, I feel like emotionally we deal with so much more, you know, I can't say that cause I'm not a man, but I know that we deal with a lot of things because we carry the world on our backs. So I yeah. had to get to a point where I was eliminating some of those things also like, Hey, that's not your struggle. You don't have to take on everyone's problems. I have a good friend a long time ago. She used to say their crisis, their crisis does not have to be your crisis. And I started hearing these things that had come to me for so long. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just start. I'm going to strip myself to the bare bones. Like I have to, you know, make money. I have to take care of my family, but I'm just going to take away some things. And because I didn't have like all of my close friends with me. I didn't have my family. They couldn't make me their crutch. I didn't have any of those things. It was just me 
I had no choice but to figure out who I was. Now, I was starting to get there before moving, but I feel like eliminating all of those things really revealed. It peeled back all of the layers. And so many new things came out of me. Like, I realized I got back to my love for art. I started painting for the first time and I used that as an outlet to just get some of the emotion out that I had. Some of the things that I didn't, some of the things I didn't like, some of the things I did like, I used those creative things to help me draw some of those things out. And that really revealed a lot to me. I was like, first of all, you have a lot more to offer than what you were giving the world. (laughs) Let's start there. Secondly, how can you get your children to be everything they're supposed to be if you're not being everything you're supposed to be? So I I just started peeling, you know, I started journaling a lot more. Um, and then that actually opened me up to people a lot more because I found myself just kind of saying things to people to try to get an idea of like where other people are and what is it that they do and learning that they don't. So then that made me more want to get you know, get down deep with myself. Like, I want to know, I want to be everything that I am supposed to be, but I want to be everything I'm supposed to be to me first Mm. before I can be that to somebody else. So that journey just kind of continued and, you know, there's still work to do. There is still work to do, but I am at a point where I am very assertive in who I am right now. And I will say, well, this is who I am at this moment, but I am ever changing. I'm ever growing. I'm ever learning. So next year I could be someone totally different, but I'm yeah. okay with you. Like you have to be okay with where you are. It's not something to say, oh, I'm a bad person. It's like, okay, so here's where I am. Where is it that I want to be? Or where is it that I believe I should be? And just working towards getting there. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And literally like that's what it is. It's self-love, self-care, and like knowing that it's okay to be selfish because you can't ultimately care for others or love others if you don't love yourself and care for yourself first. And it was so good. So good. Um, but with all of that being said, before you know, we come to a closing on this episode, is there any other like last words you want to share with the listeners? Um, where can they find you? What, like, do you have any websites, any Instagrams? Where can they find you if you're, if they're looking for you? I do. I do. Um, so of course I have a website. If you are interested in just, you know, being a little nosy and knowing more about me, I am at www.in-connection-strategies. Don't make me spell that too many letters. Spell it out. I'll put it in the show notes. Thank you. I appreciate it. And on Facebook, I am at um, in.connectionstrategies is all one word. Same for Instagram, in.connectionstrategies. You can look up In Connection Strategies on LinkedIn. I am there because you know that LinkedIn link is way too long. And I am looking for more business buddies. So I do this thing that I call business therapy, which is an opportunity for people to come on and just, you know, just like what we're doing, talking about, we are talking about entrepreneurship, but we're also talking about some deeper things. But sometimes people experience things that as entrepreneurs, we don't ever have a real outlet. You know, we can't say some things to our clients because it'll, you know, it'll kind of damage our authority that we have. Um, Sometimes you don't have business friends that you feel comfortable saying things to. So I've created this tribe of people and I host these events where you can come on and let's just talk about a subject if they want to anonymously submit a question or something and we just all talk through it. You have that ability. So If you follow me on social media or you come to my website, there's an opportunity for you to be what I call my business buddy. And I give um, all the information. And in addition to that, I am a information absorber. Like I'm like a sponge. So 
I'm in so many groups and I'm affiliated with organizations and I love sharing information, whether it's funding, it's grants, if it's a program that I feel like people should, you know, take advantage of. I am always looking for things for women. I'm always looking at things for people of color um, because I'm a woman of color, but also anyone, like anything that I see that I feel like it's beneficial to business because I am genuinely in love with small business. I realized that recently. I was like, you just love small business, period. I don't care what people venture into. I just want them to win and be successful. So any information I get, I share that with my business buddy community. Um, so it would behoove people to be a part of that because that gets you in there to get all of that information. And then that's how you find out when we do like business therapy. Um, and coming soon, I will be hosting some in-person events and they will be all over the place because I've made buddies all over the place. So I'm like, hey, let's do an event. Let's let's do something. Yes. And then next month I will actually have an online radio show. It's really uh interesting. The same day that you and I had our chat, I had another chat and all of these things spearheaded. So um, that's how people can reach me. I am just all about, hey, if you just ever need somebody to vent to and just say, I just need someone to understand, it is me. I am a multifaceted thinker. So I'm not single-minded. I understand from so many different Mm -hmm. perspectives because I've been through more than the average person in my age group has been through. But I just understand people. I don't know where that comes from. It's a natural ability. Um, People are drawn to me in public. Sometimes I have to hide my face because if I make eye contact, they're going to talk to me and tell me their life story. So you want to come and tell me your life story when we're having business therapy, please do. (laughs) Always going to have positive insight. Um, I can't tell you I can fix it, but I'm a great listening ear. And that's, that's what I, that's what I know that I was called to do. I know that I was called to empower people and to be a, you know, just to be a, a standing person, a person that's there, that's not, you know, non-judgmental, but to uplift you and, you know, push you forward. Like I'm, I'm a pusher too. So if you get in with me, just know I'm gonna push you to greatness. <laughs> I love it. Well, there you have it guys. Miss Sharita over here, killing it with the buddy bombs. Like <laughs> absolutely love it I love your energy man we could do this all day like I'm just obsessed with your energy and you guys you need to go follow her because she is definitely a bright light in this dark world so thank you so much for joining thank you for having me this was great I appreciate it I thank you for community thank your community for allowing me the space um you are awesome so a wonderful person it's amazing how we just connected and it was over it was online like we have never met in person but it was just an immediate connection so if you don't think that that is real it is absolutely real energy is real even when you're not in the same room so I am always ultra grateful for this opportunity thank you so much gorgeous and I hope you have the most amazing day you as well. Enjoy the rest of your week and your weekend. And I can't wait for us to talk again. Yes.